episode six it is the draft recap coming at you a little bit late we tried to record on monday ran into some technical difficulties but what matters is that we're here now and we're here to talk about a Bengals, yet another Bengals draft mr grannon how you doing this morning i'm doing fantastic how are you doing you know i'm doing just fine off this off this second dose of the pfizer i got four more days till immunity is achieved but you know we fight through Okay. Yep. I, I'm getting my second dose today. So. Oh, there you go. Look at us. Yep. Yeah. Look at us. Yep. We are really doing the most out here. <laughs> All right. So let's, without further ado, let's just dive right into it. Obviously the draft wrapped up Saturday afternoon. Bengals ended up having 10 picks, came into the weekend with eight, walked out with 10. Uh, we'll talk about every single pick and then we'll just kind of look at the drafts from a very um, bird's eye view standpoint. Um, so let's just start right away. Thursday night, fifth pick, Jamar Chase. Just what do you think about the pick? Uh, Joe Burrow seems excited. Just just kind of what are your thoughts on, on the pick? So I think we talked about it before. I think that we both wanted Chase uh, before the draft. Um, and it's kind of hard to pass on Sewell because of his basically no bust potential. But I think that Jamar Chase adds an element to this offense that that Sewell couldn't. Definitely. You know what I mean? Because I think because I think because I think Jamar Chase is the one, and then you allow T. Higgins to not be doubled, and then you allow Tyler Boyd to play in the slot. I think that adds a like a really big, you know, the element to your offense. Yeah, so I think the underrated aspect of this pick is obviously we have all the stuff about Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase having wonderful chemistry, all that stuff. But the the part of this pick to me that speaks the most to the Bengals is that this pick allows them to go 11 personnel with three stud receivers on the field at one time. As we have known about the Bengals, uh, and a lot of teams in the NFL that are starting to come into this spread you out offense, 11 personnel is becoming more and more and more frequent of a formation. You know, Zach Taylor, uh, I think in his first season, they ran it over 80% of the time. I mean, the Bengals run 11 personnel a lot. And now when you run 11 personnel and you've got Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd and T Higgins on the field as your receivers, that is really scary. Yeah, and, and to clarify, 11 personnel is three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back. Yes, yes. Good clarification, good clarification. Yeah, I just wanted, just, just wanted to make sure everybody um, and, knows. And, you know, this really fits what the Bengals are trying to do. You know, where Joe Burrow has excelled as an NFL quarterback 
is in the shotgun, spread out, most of the times with either 11 personnel or uh, even or an empty receivers or, or yeah. anything like that. He wants to spread you out, and he wants to be able to see the field and make the decisions. And this just enhances that ability. And, you know, people will hammer them for not taking Panay Sewell, and we knew that was going to happen. But um, the addition of Riley Reef and the addition of the second-round pick that we'll talk about in a second – um, you know, when you spread teams out, you really do need those two bookend tackles to prevent an edge rush. So I think that they've done a good job to upgrade the O-line to a point where they could justify not taking the tool. And so the Jamar Chase pick is just a wonderful pick. He's undoubtedly the best receiver in this draft. Um, he runs and he plays like a fullback. And he's got late hands. I mean, you, you there's just not enough adjectives to describe some of the plays he makes. No, I, and I think what people don't understand is they say that, you know, the Bengals receiver is already good enough. And, and, and with all due respect, I mean, they have a, they have a good top two, but if you're telling me, we've said this before, if Mike Thomas is going to be your slot or you're out and one of the outside guys, like it's going to be a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even on Tate, yeah, on Tate has a lot of potential, but I don't know if he is good enough to throw him into a, you know, to basically replace AJ Green. So I don't know if he's good enough. Definitely not. And I think, I think it's interesting. So T Higgins could be a number one receiver. We don't know this. We don't know yet. Tyler Boyd is one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. Nobody's going to debate that. Now you throw into the mix a receiver that people are saying is the best receiver since Julio. That's just, that's a scary cast of weapons on offense for Joe Burrow to have. And through 2023 now, the Bengals have under contract through 2023, Burrow, Mixon, Boyd, Higgins, Jamar Chase. I mean, that those are some pretty, those are some good, I mean, that's one of the best weapon cores in the NFL. Yes. And dependent, dependent on how Jamar Chase plays. And if Jonah Williams plays like a first round pick, like we expect him to, he was the top half of the league tackle last year, according to PFF. If he plays again to that level, the Bengals have three more years of him on a rookie contract with the year option that they can take out on him. So he's also under contract on under contract through 2023. So lots of great future offense in the building in Cincinnati. Um, and then obviously we go to the offensive line and, the Bengals start at 38 with uh, their second round pick on day two of the draft. They trade back with the New England Patriots and pick up two fourth round picks, 122 and 139. Um, according to the Jimmy Johnson picks value chart, uh, the Bengals came out seven points ahead. So it's basically a wash, but they move back to 46, uh, select Jackson Carmen, left tackle out of Clemson, uh, who they expect to kick into guard. You have played against him in high school. Um, just what do you think about the Jackson Carmen pick? We have we have very differing opinions on this pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were uh, your reaction to this pick was a little different than mine. Um, so I personally, I'm fine with it because what we've been hearing, and obviously they're going to say that they they were going to draft him at 38. They're not going to say, oh, we didn't want him, but we got stuck with him. But I think if they legitimately were going to draft him at 38, then getting him at 46 plus getting those two fourth rounders is good. 
Like, I think it's a very good, you know, value, but I mean, let's not, let's not kid ourselves here. Jack, they overdrafted Jackson Carmen in the second round, but if they see him and they, and they like his athletic ability and, and they like him at guard, um, I, I, I don't see a problem. If he works out and is a solid starter, I don't see a problem with it. No, I, I don't. Okay. So for the folks that um, obviously are not party to our FaceTimes during the draft, I actually FaceTimed Alec at the beginning of the draft on day two and prayed for them not to select Jackson Carmen. They ended up taking Jackson Carmen. But the reason, and I've told you this, the reason the pick just is not one of my favorites is because, yes, the Bengals are still technically in the rebuild and they're just trying to accumulate talent that they believe they can develop. Totally understandable. And we know that to be the case. But to the same point, the Bengals need offensive linemen that can come in and play now. Play even at an average level right now. They need offensive linemen that can do that. And when you take a guy that is, one, never played guard, two, is still raw from a technique uh, standpoint, a little bit raw. When you take a guy and you are moving him a position to a position he's never played, it worries me because, you know, you're counting on yourself and your coaching staff to do something that they have not done well historically, and that's develop O-linemen. The Bengals historically have taken O-linemen, and they've just been good as players right away. You know, you look at, you know, this is going way far back, but Anthony Munoz was the number three pick in the draft. Kind of everybody knew that if he could stay healthy, he was going to be a great player. But, you know, Cedric Ogwehi, Jake Fisher, there are Billy Price, there are countless examples where the Bengals have failed to develop a line. And I just pray that this is not one of those because they so badly need a guy in the interior of that offensive line that can block. Now, I really do think that in a year or two, Jackson Carmen can be a really good player. The issue is you need guys that can protect right now, and I'm not sure that Jackson Carmen is that. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you 100%. I think this pick was more of a they believe in their guys now, and I think that they want to bring Jackson Carmen along, and if it happens this year, it happens this year, but if he develops and he has to start next year, he'll start next year at guard. So I think they believe in Quentin Spain, um, Suofilo to a lesser extent. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I personally do, but I, I mean, obviously we're not in the building every day, so they know more than us. So I, I think that Jackson Carmen is more of a, you know, high risk, high reward type of guy in the second round. I think the thing that kind of, they're really counting on Frank Pollock to develop these guys. Now, if we look, we expect Jonah Williams and Riley, Riley Reef to play at least at an average level. And, and that's an improvement over what they had last year because Billy or Bobby Hart is just a fucking turnstile at right tackle. He's awful. If you can get average in that interior of the, of the offensive line, and we've said this all offseason, Quentin Spain at left guard is an average NFL player to slightly above average. There's nothing special about what he brings to the table, but 
nonetheless, he is a great starter on that offensive line. The issue is, is Trey Hopkins healthy, number one? And number two, can Jackson Carmen be your right guard? Those are the two questions we have to answer in training camp. I, I think the main question is, is Trey Hopkins healthy? Because we've both seen Billy Price play, and I, I, I would not feel comfortable with Billy Price being the starting center. Not at all. Not at all. And, you know, I think the thing to note, especially about that, is the Bengals just declined his fifth-year option. So this will be his last year in the city of Cincinnati, more likely than not. So maybe that motivates him to play better. I don't know. But if you're rolling out Billy Price as the starting center on opening day, you better be damn well sure that either Trey Hopkins was not healthy enough or if somehow Billy Price beats him for the starting center job, man, you better have supreme confidence in Billy Price because that is just a risky play. Very risky. And and I'll I'll go back to the Titans game last year. Uh, He got a game ball during the Titans game. Their O-line was uh, maybe the worst O-line. Oh, my God. It was all backups, and they didn't give up one sack. It was like the most insane game ever. But I think what I've realized is that every NFL O-lineman is capable of a good game. But it's very rare for, you know, guys to be consistent. And I think that's really hard. And I think Billy Price is a good, like, can be a really good center at times. But I don't know if he's good enough to be really consistent, you know, game to game. Yes, definitely not. We don't know, which is weird to say about a guy that's been in the NFL four years now, that you don't know exactly what he is. But we don't know what Billy Price is because his first season, he was he was okay. I mean. Um, he got injured obviously, but he was, he was okay his first year and then 19 and 20 have just been off seasons for him. So hopefully he finds something this season and, um, can be a solid backup to a spot starter in the interior of that offensive line. But man, it's, it's hard to sit here and say, um, he is, he is what they need in the middle of that offensive line. And and I'm not going to sit here and trash Billy Price. I love Billy Price. I mean, Ohio state. I, yeah. love, I absolutely love Billy Price. I, I, and would I love to see him, you know, become a starter and a really good player? Absolutely. But I just don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah. So moving forward then, um, the third round pick is one I think we both are in love with. Uh, I absolutely Osai, love this pick. Joseph Osai, defensive end out of Texas. Um, you know, the – the talk in Bengaldom was that if the Bengals had taken Osai at 46 and Carmen at 69, there really wouldn't have been that much debate. But in one last note on Carmen, apparently there were other NFL teams that had a second round grade on him. I don't know how much I believe that, um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but Joseph Osai, what do you like about Joseph Osai? Okay. So, um, I thought that he would go a lot earlier yes. than pick, than pick 69, yes. but so looking at his stats over the last two years in 20, so in 2019, he had 13 and a half tackles for loss and five sacks in 13 games. Ooh. But last year he only played nine games and he had 15. So as a, as an edge rusher, 55 tackles, 15 and a half tackles for loss in nine games 
in five and a half sacks with three forced fumbles. He, I mean, he, he was an AP first team All American. I mean, this guy is an he could be. I say could be an elite pass rusher. Most something the Bengals need desperate, desperately, and also don't forget the Bengals drafted Carl Lawson in the fourth round. So just because, and that's what you know we talked about before this that the people only think the draft is one round. It's not. Bengals got Carl Lawson in the fourth. They got two. We'll talk about the, you know we'll talk about Cam's, um, my man from Tulane a little bit, but I mean the, the, they are like known for getting edge rushers. It's it is a wonderful pick in this spot. Um, it addresses a position of need extremely well. And now if you look and we can kind of talk about the three defensive line picks as a whole. They take Joseph Osai out of Texas, who is high motor edge rusher, freaky length sort of guy, but relentless in his pursuit of the quarterback. Cam Sample, pretty athletic guy. If he puts on 10 pounds, he could be your three technique. Um, and then Tyler Shelvin is just a it's just he's just a monster human being. He is 350 pounds of beef. I, he, he is just massive. He's 6'2", 350. So um, we're just going to – let's just talk about these three together. So Cam Sample goes pick 111. Uh, Tyler Shelvin goes pick 139, 122. Um, and those are the Bengals' three picks in a row. Their two first four, fourth rounders are – Shelvin and Sample, and then the third round pick is obviously Osai. And now if you look, well, actually, don't look now, Bengals fans, but if you look at the defensive line now, they've got some they've got some dudes on that defensive line now. Yeah, and I think them losing Carl – so we were wondering why they weren't – they didn't address other than Trey Hendrickson or like another, another pass rusher. And I think that they thought that they, that they could get at least Sample or Osai – um, but I think they ended up getting both. Uh, and so I listened to the Zach Taylor press conference about Cameron Sample, and he had high praise for him. He said during the during the senior bowl, they would ask that. offensive linemen who the hardest person to go against was, and almost everyone said Cam Sample. So I think they're getting a guy who, you're right, if he puts on 10 pounds, could be, you know, he could play inside. He's also, you know, quick enough to play outside. So I think they got a steal in Cam Sample. I really like the Cam Sample pick. Um, he is yet another – what they're building on the defensive line, at least as far as edge defenders go, seems to be these relentless um, high-motor guys instead of guys with these elite athletic traits. You look at Sam Hubbard. He's not going to pop off the tape athletically, but he's he is solid against the run, and he has a motor like no other. Trey Hendrickson on the other side, same thing. Motor. Joseph Osai, motor. Uh, Cam Sample, motor. You look at those four guys that are probably going to be their primary four edge defenders this year. That is that's pretty good coming off the edge. Now, Tyler Shelvin, you, I mean, the Bengals run, run defense now is it looks on paper like it should be pretty good. If you go against the Ravens and you've got Tyler Shelvin and DJ Reader in the middle of that offensive line or defensive line, good luck blocking those guys. Well, I mean, they're both just 
two tanks sitting in the middle of that defensive line. And I think, you know, just because you're big doesn't mean you're a good run stopper, but I think DJ reader is really, really, really good. And I think Tyler Shelvin, if he could, you know, get in shape and, you know, maybe be 335, 340, I think he could be really good too. Yeah. Tyler Shelvin had some weight issues down at LSU, uh, was suspended for a couple of games, but he's best friends with Jamar Chase. So um, hopefully them being together in Cincinnati means Jamar Chase maybe motivates him a little bit and um, pushes him in, in a lot of ways. Now the thing I, so I think that this, these three picks in a row, uh, I think Osai is an immediate contributor. I think Cam Sample, he'll get a few snaps. I don't think we can say that Tyler Shelvin is an immediate contributor. I think we have to see him have a good off season and, a good workout regimen and really get his body right. But if you look down the road and maybe Tyler Shelvin does end up playing some snaps this year, but what this draft and these three picks in particular allow the Bengals to do is be multiple on defense. They can run out Shelvin, Ogunjobi reader, and then Hubbard and Hendrickson as a five man, three, four front against teams like the Ravens that want to run the ball at you. Um, but against a team like the Chiefs, they can run out um, Ogunjobi, Reader, Hubbard, and Hendrickson as a four-man front. And this this pick of Shelvin really allows them to run that three-four front that was is really effective against teams that like to run the football. No, I I, I agree one hundred percent. I think that you know as you know, having versatility with your front seven guys is very important yes. because I think that especially with, you know, how physical the NFL game is, I think that having as many guys up front as possible to like, basically can play any position. Uh, I think that's always really beneficial to any defense. Like Definitely. it doesn't matter what front you're in. Definitely. Um, so let's talk about the last fourth round pick. Um, Don Deontay Smith, um, a tackle out of East Carolina has all the measurables you look for in a tackle. He's got 35 inch arms, I believe, uh, he's six, five, three, ten. Um, he's got all the traits that you want. He just needs to be more consistent. And I think he needs to learn the game a little bit more, but as a developmental tackle, love the pick. Oh, um, Mel Kuyper was like salivating at, at this pick when they picked him because he said that, you know, he played in college at like 280, 285. He said he had, you know, a little trouble putting on weight. And I think if the Bengals can, you know, get him to, you know, to, to, to keep weight on and then for him to, you know, come along and develop, I think he could eventually, you know, become one of the tackles. And, you know, even Mel, Mel Kuyper said, which I, I Mel Kuyper is like one of the only people I trust like truly when it comes to, you know, scouting and stuff. Um, he said that he could potentially be an NFL starting left tackle. That, I mean, that's the praise he gave him. So I don't doubt it. If you watch some of his tape from senior bowl and from, he only played, I think two or three games last year at East Carolina. But if you watch his tape from down at the senior bowl, he is, I mean, he's manhandling oh, guys yeah. around that edge. Cause he's got length. Uh, he's got, he's got quick feet. Um, but like you said, his issue is going to be keeping weight on and being able to handle things like a bull rush, 
um, where bigger guys are going to try to get into his frame and knock him back because he's not that big. Um, he's six, five. Yes, but he's only 300 290 somewhere in that neck of the woods. So he needs to gain a little bit more weight, but he's got all the traits you look for in a starting tackle. Um, so bring him along this year. And if, if we are trusting in Frank Pollock to uh, get this offensive line, right. I think Deontay Smith is the first guy that you look at and say, here's your first project, Frank, get this guy ready to start 2022 as a right tackle. Yeah. And I think so they went four picks in a row on, on the trenches, you know, three D line, one O line. And Five. there's one thing. Carmen. Well, ten, oh, true, 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 yeah. true. So five in a row. Um, but the thing that all these dudes have in common is that they're all relentless competitors. I think that's something that they really cared about. Um, you know, Deontay Smith, you watch some of his highlights. He is, as you said, pile driving dudes into the ground. And I think that's something that they really wanted to address. And I think they want to bring in guys that have a high motor, even if they're not as talented or as athletic as other people, uh, the, the motor I think is the most important thing. Most definitely. Most definitely love the pick as a developmental guy. So if you are, if we're looking and and they add another guy later in the draft, we'll talk about him in a second. Um, but if you're looking at the Bengals offensive line, most of the times you'll keep nine or 10 guys. So right now, in my estimation, it looks like the guys that are going to be kept are going to be the five starters. So Williams, Spain, Hopkins, uh, Carmen, Reef, those five. And then I think you've got Adeniji, Deontay Smith, Michael Jordan, Billy Price, and Fred Johnson. And Fred Johnson's the guy that I think he might be – he might be done, but obviously it's a little early to be looking into that, but nonetheless, they have finally solidified a little bit of depth on the offensive line. I think um, with the picks that they've made. Yeah. There's no, uh, there's no more Alex Redmond. No, there's no more Alex Redmond spot starts. Thank God. No. And if Frank Pollock, you know, what the rumor is, is that Michael Jordan is just from a mental standpoint is just, Man, like he he got screwed up by seeing that Joe Burrow injury. So if if Frank Pollock can get him right from a mental standpoint, I think he can be a good backup on that offensive line, and that's all you really need at this point. Yeah, I agree. I agree hundred percent. So let's move on. Uh, Bengals take the first kicker of the draft, Evan McPherson yeah. out of Florida. Um, he's got a nuke on his on his right leg he's got a nuke he so every i probably watch 10 youtube videos of bengal's draft grades and every person gave this an f every single person gave this an f and i don't agree with that you see that and i i get it kickers are it's, it, i mean it could be a shit show I, you, you never know i mean even roberto aguayo who had the greatest kicking you know, career ever in college couldn't make a field goal in the NFL. It's, it's, it's weird, but I think that, um, I, I mean, anything's better than Randy Bullock. So, yeah. Uh, the assumption appears to be that Evan McPherson walks into camp day one and is the presumed starter. Now Austin Seibert will probably make a few kicks in preseason games, but I'm not worried about him. Um, so he walks into camp as the presumed starter, 
Uh, Darren Simmons was talking about how he um, was down at Florida's pro day and McPherson went 21 for 22 and hit one from 58. Uh, I mean, the kid, the guy just has a boomstick on his right leg. He's got a, and I think that, you know, one thing the Bengals lacked was, and you know, I love Kevin Huber. Uh, he's not bad, but I think the Bengals have lacked a good kicker for a little bit. You know, Definitely. probably since Shane Graham. So, and you know, who is the special teams coach at Florida? I do not Shane, know. Shane Graham. Really? Did yeah. not know that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, kind of Bengals in there, but uh, like you said, it's been a long time since the Bengals have had quality kicking. Um, the early days of Mike Nugent is probably the last time they had any semblance of a good kicker. Um, you know, Shane, obviously before that, but, um, you know, Darren Simmons made a great point on his press conference after they took McPherson. He said, who is going to contribute more to a team success, a kicker who will probably make or break two or three games during a season or a backup O-lineman, who's going to make more more of a difference? And you're obviously going to say the kicker. So if somebody's given this pick an F, I'm just disregarding that. But I think this is a great pick because if you look, the Bengals lost several games last year because of um, the San Diego game to Chargers, whatever. The San Diego game to begin the season. Don't give me that bullshit about cramping up on the Cavs. Randy Bullock missed the field goal. Um, And there were countless other moments throughout the season where Randy Bullock just hamstrung him, hamstrung them with his inability to either hit long kicks, make extra points, or make routine kicks. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the Indianapolis game, he missed a couple of kicks, didn't he, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know – you need a guy that can make kicks and McPherson is that guy. So I think it's a great pick. He was going to get picked at some point and they still got a guy that I think has a fifth round grade. They still got a fifth rounder in the sixth round. And we'll talk about him in a second, but I, I love the pick. I think it's fine. Yeah. So I think, so they picked him at 149 and then their next pick was 190. So I think in their draft room, I think they were thinking that he was going to go in those next 41 picks. Yeah. So I think they just said we'll take him now. He's got star potential, you know, as kick, you know, as kickers go. So, um, I, I, I mean, I like the pick. I mean, have you seen the if, if anybody hasn't seen the water bottle or the Gatorade bottle? Yeah, uh, on the ledge. That that's crazy. Yeah, look up Evan McPherson highlights on YouTube. The guy just has a leg, um, and so very excited to see him as the new Bengals kicker. Um, but as you mentioned, they pick again at 190, 202, and 235, and they get Chris Evans, who is a guy that should have gone in the fifth round. Yep. Immense amount of talent for for Chris Evans. Immense. Yeah. I mean, Chris Evans had a little bit of you know trouble with Jim Harbaugh at, at Michigan. The uh, I mean, he got suspended. He who had some academic issues. With that? Who doesn't have trouble with that kind of ass? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, Colin Kaepernick didn't. They made it to a Super Bowl, but um, yeah, Chris Evans. I mean, he has all the you know the athletic traits. You know, it's just probably will, whether he's going to buy in or not. And I think, um, I think him being picked at two hundred two uh, will kind of humble him a bit. 
because if he would have played and played well, he would have been well off the board at 202. So hopefully this, you know, this motivates him and he can come in and, you know, compete with, you know, Travion Williams and Samaj P. Ryan for that backup spot. Also, Chris Evans came to Michigan as a slot guy so he can catch. I think he could be, you know, maybe a not a total Geo replacement, but I think at 5'11", you know, he's bigger than Geo, 5'11", 216. But I think he could contribute in the passing game as well. Without a doubt. And, you know, okay. So Jamar Chase is obviously the best player that they took in this draft. Chris Evans is the best pick in this draft for where they took him, what he offers uh, and what he is. He is a So the Browns took Donovan Peoples Jones in like the sixth, sixth round last year. Um, Jim Harbaugh just has no clue how to use offensive players at Michigan. And I fully expect Chris Evans to be what Donovan Peoples Jones was for the Browns last year, as far as a key contributor um, in certain spots, because Jim Harbaugh has no clue how to use these guys. So it is not going to shock me in the least if Chris Evans comes in and contributes on day one as a Bengal. No, and I think he has that potential with Gio leaving. I think if Gio was still here, he wouldn't have a chance to get on the field. But I think with his pass catching ability that Trevion and Samaj don't really have, I think he has a chance to, you know, just to uh, not start obviously with Mixon, but to get snaps day one if he can get the you know the blocking assignments down. Definitely, definitely. I think I think it's a great pick in the sixth round for where they got him. I think the value there is in, insane. Uh, and I, I just really like this pick. It's hard for me to get on board with drafting a Michigan guy, but he's going to make Harbaugh look like a fool. So I'm going to love every second of it. Yeah. And I mean, the Harbaugh thing, if you, they had Shea Patterson, number one quarterback, couldn't, couldn't win. They had Donovan Peoples Jones, who was the number one receiver in his class. Couldn't, he didn't catch a touchdown until like his sophomore year. And then Chris Evans, who should have been arguably first team all big 10, you know, nothing. So. Yeah, he's that dude. I mean, he's just terrible. Now, if you're asking me if I'd love him to coach the Bengals, I wouldn't mind because oh, he's a great NFL coach. God, stop. All right, let's move on. Uh, Trey Hill, center out of Georgia, is the next guy they took. Uh, I really like this pick. I like the pick. He played at a high level in the SEC. Um, you know, he's he needs some development uh, still. He needs to get into a little better shape. Um, and sort of yeah, his athletic yeah his athletic score was not good atrocious. Yeah, he not so good. a lot of guys said he had the worst pro day of like maybe in the history of O linemen. Yeah, but you know who also had an awful pro day and ca- it caused them to fall was Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown Jr. Yeah, yep. yeah. So I'm not saying that he's going to be Orlando Brown, but uh, love this pick for the Bengals. Um, at worst, he's a backup. Um, and at best, he's your starting center in a year or two. I think he can play guard too. Yeah, he's got ability. Like I wouldn't be so he played at a really high level. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, that he played a high level at Georgia. I wouldn't be surprised if he pushed, you know, Suafilo and Carmen for that guard spot. If 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 he's in shape. If he's in shape, I think I think it depends on that. Yeah, if he's in shape. Um, we'll see like the pick for the Bengals. Um, not really much else to say there. He's kind of just a depth piece for now. Um, definitely not an immediate contributor on day one. No. Um, and then you look at the last pick that they made yet again, dipping into the trenches, trenches, Wyatt Hubert defensive end out of Kansas state, another high motor guy. 
Um, I like this pick, you know, he'll compete for a spot in camp um, and we'll see what he can do. I mean, there's really not much to say other than the fact that, you know, it's, it's a body in camp that has the potential to make the active roster. Um, and I like it. Yeah. So a lot of people are saying about this pick, I know it's a seventh rounder. You're just, you're basically drafting a guy that you would probably the most important priority free agent that you want. You're, you're basically drafting him in the seventh round, just so you can actually have him on your team. Yes. But I think, you know, in 10 games at Kansas state last year, first team, all big 12, 13 and a half, there's 13 tackles for loss and eight and a half sacks. You know, I mean, he can get after the quarterback. Now the problem is, is that, you know, short arm length, you know, maybe not that burst of speed around the edge, but I think he could, you know, compete for a roster spot for, you know, for a depth pass rushing role. Yeah. I don't know how well he could stop the run, but I mean, we'll see about that. Yeah. He's got some pop in his pads. Uh, his senior bowl tape was uh, equally impressive as Deontay Smith's um, solid player. And, and, you know, I look forward to seeing what he can do in the preseason. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, we'll, we'll get to see if he can, you know, compete on an NFL level. Yeah. Um, so let's just take a second. Um, talk about a couple of the undrafted free agents they brought in. Um, Puka Williams, the running back out of Kansas. I just found out the other day that he has only five toes. Total. Total. Uh, yeah, there was another guy that got drafted. I forget who it was. Leo Herbert has oh, 11. Leo Herbert has 11. Yeah, yes. 11. And they yes. were in the same backfield at Kansas. Cool. Herbert went to Kansas. He transferred out of Kansas. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. Okay. So total of 16 toes between those two guys. And one has 11. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, Puka Williams running back out of Kansas shifty guy um, like the pickup. He, if, if you can bet on uh, props in the preseason games, I almost guarantee you he has like a, an insane preseason. The name Puka Williams just screams preseason hero. I mean, it, it, it's almost, it almost screams as much as Zach Mettenberger. Yeah. Or something like that. You know what I mean? Just like some guy who, you know, will never start in an NFL game, but just has like 500 rushing yards in the preseason. Yeah. I think he'll go off in the preseason and uh, he'll be, he might be a practice squad guy, you know, who knows? Um, Now the the, the Ravens will probably snatch him up and he'll probably be an all pro. Yeah. Three, four years. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of the Ravens stole the guy that I really wanted the Bengals to pick Ben Cleveland. Mm. That's a man. You want to talk about a mammoth? Tyler Shelvin's big. Ben Cleveland's big. Well, Tyler Shelvin's 6'2. Ben Cleveland's 6'5 and almost 6'6, 345. <laughs> That's what big. we call in, in in our profession, that is what we call a brick shit house. <laughs> That's the uh scientific term, I believe. Yeah. Um Bengals also signed Drew Crisman. Now I want to get your thoughts on Drew Crisman. Do you think that them signing Drew Chrisman, obviously undrafted free agent, and he's not going to beat out Kevin Huber for the job this year, but do you think this is a guy you stash on the practice squad and then next year he's the punter? Yeah, I, I think that Kevin Huber, this this is probably his last year because <clears throat> they paid him, you know, a little over, was it two mil? For yeah, this I think year? It's somewhere in that neighborhood. Okay, and I don't know the, I don't know the exact dead cap money, um, and I don't think he'll beat out, a, you know, a, 12, 13 year starter, but I think he could be a stash in the practice squad because I mean, we've both seen him punt. I, I saw him punt at the, in the big 10 championship game against Northwestern a couple of years ago. This dude, you want to talk about a boomstick. 
this yeah. dude his right leg is it, i mean it's unbelievable so i think accurate. he has a lot of potential oh yeah accurate. yeah um so yeah i think it's a guy that they look at for the future as far as being um the punter of the future in cincinnati cincinnati native sim- similar to kevin huber so um we'll yeah, see and i think it's about yeah it's, it's about time the special teams get a little younger yeah <laughs> it's about time um, but yeah, those are kind of the two undrafted free agents I sort of wanted to hit on. There's there's really not much else to talk about there. Um, but I think the interesting thing to note from this draft is, so Bengals have 10 picks and seven of them are offensive line, defensive line. Um, clearly the area that they wanted to beef up the most. And if you look now, the Bengals have a defense that is multiple, that is big up front, um, that is built to stop the run. You know, they, Von, Von Bell comes downhill and he, he hits you. The linebackers come downhill. They hit you. The Bengals have built this defense specifically to play against the AFC North. And now they've built an offense to specifically play against the AFC. They've got this high flying, fast, fun offense. And then they've got this physical defensive line that they're building. Uh, this relentless defense. So we'll kind of see what happens. Um, you know, I it's way too early to give record predictions, but I like I like the way their defense stacks up now against the AFC North. Yeah, I, I think they can at least compete now. I think for the last three four years, we've we've gone in knowing that there's just not a chance that we stop either. You know, Pittsburgh before they before the Big Ben collapse or. Cleveland last year or the Ravens last couple of years, a run game. But I think this year we actually have a chance to, I'm not saying we are going to stop those teams, but I'm saying we at least have a chance now. Yeah, definitely. And um, I also think that it's, it's important that to know that these last two drafts have been really solid. So I think, you know, for any team that's competing, especially the Bengals who don't, don't have a lot of money to spend in free agency uh, from the signing bonus wise. Um, I think it's important to know that, you know, two drafts, two really good drafts in a row is like really important for a team like Cincinnati. Yes. Yes. This could be the draft we look at in a couple of years and say they got six starters out of this draft. Um, and, and, you know, that could be what turns the roster around and, and brings it to the top. So yep. uh, we put, uh, we put our poll out on Twitter um, and we got 36% of the fans saying that, the draft was good, but they expected more. What letter grade would you give this draft? So I think, you know, with the Carmen pick, um, it, I can't give it an A just because they overdrafted. But I think because they got two other picks while still taking Carmen in the second, I, I would give it a B plus. Okay. I, I can get on board with that. I gave it, I gave it a B minus. Um, I love the Osai pick. I love the Jamar Chase pick, but I, I just have to see snap grade is a B minus, but if Jackson Carmen, this draft and how successful this draft is hinges on how good of a player Jackson Carmen can be for the Cincinnati Bengals. If he, I agree. And I, and I agree. Yeah. If he can be a good guard, this draft goes from a B minus to an A because you have filled a massive need on your team but if he is shaky uh, it has to be a b minus 
And the other reason I give it a B minus is although I just praised the Tyler Shelvin pick because it gives them versatility up front. There were, there were other positions on the board that I feel like they could have addressed there instead of taking another nose tackle when they already have DJ reader. Now I understand getting depth. I understand all that, but those are the two picks that for me, make it a B minus. Um, I'm happy with it. Yes. But they could have done a lot more, I think. No, I yeah, I, and I think that I would even give it an A, even even if Jackson Carmen doesn't, you know, play well. I think if one of the alignment they take in this draft, you know, becomes an, yes. a, a a good starter, I think you could you know push for that A. Yes, if Deontay Smith becomes a starter, I agree. <laughs> because um, I don't care where the, I don't care where you're drafted, as long as we have a starting caliber offensive lineman. I don't care if you're undrafted. I don't care if you're drafted in the first round. And I understand the value part of it, but I think, you know, as long as we get one guy, uh, I, th- I think it'd be okay. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly <laughs> with that sentiment. Um, so you give, it a B, you give it a B plus, I give it a B minus. Um, let's just talk for a quick second about what other teams in the AFC North did and whether we like their drafts or not. Uh, I hate the Steelers draft. I don't know what they're doing. Um, now, be, I, love, I love Najee. Okay, but, but I'm going to block for him. That's not. That's what I'm saying. And then, and then not taking Creed Humphrey in the second. Yeah, Pat uh, Fryermuth. Now yeah. I knock these. I knock all these picks now. But the way the Steelers work, somehow oh, they'll, they'll, they'll all be Pro Bowlers. Yeah, they'll all be Pro yeah. Bowlers. Um, yeah. And then the Ravens and the Browns, I think, drafted really well. As much as I hate to say it, um, the Browns had a really good draft. Um, their first three picks were really good. Uh, and then getting Tommy Togiai in the fifth for them was really good. Mm. Uh, and then the Ravens drafted really well too. Rashad Bateman. In a way. Uh, yeah. They've got they, – they did a really good job there. Yeah, and they got – sadly, they got Tylen Wallace in the fourth too. So, I mean, they're just adding – I mean, they're just banking on one of these dudes to be a number one receiver. And they got Sean Wade who played on the outside for Ohio State last year. But as a slot corner, he is really good. Um, and so Baltimore has three really good cornerbacks now. Yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be tough. Yeah. So AFC North, I think uh, the you could make an argument for either the Browns or the Ravens as having the best draft. Um, then those two are first and second. Then the Bengals, I think, are third, and then Pittsburgh is fourth. Yeah. I am, I am anti running back in the first round unless it's generational, like Saquon. Uh, so I do not like the Najee pick, but like I said, knowing the Steelers, it'll work out and he'll be an all pro. Yeah, he will be. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of like our draft recap. Um, I think pretty, pretty happy that that is over now. And now we look forward to the off season training camp is a little bit more than two months away now. So looking forward to that schedule comes out next Wednesday, So we will have an episode next week talking about that. Um, But first, we got to get into a little bit of trivia. So do you want me to ask a question or do you have a question? Yeah, you ask. Yeah, you ask. All right. When was the last time that the Bengals traded up in the first round? And which player did they select when they did so? Uh can you give me a decade? The 1990s. 1990s. 
19. Okay. Um, I'm going to go 1996. Oh, you're close. It was the 1995 NFL draft. And I'll, I'll tell you who they traded up with in hopes you can give me the player. They traded up with the Carolina Panthers that year. Was it? Was it a running back? It was a running back. Was it Kajana Carter? It was Kajana Carter. Oh, God. Busted his knee. In training camp. Was it on training camp? I think it was like the first or the second preseason game against Detroit. Yeah. Uh, well, he could have been really good, too. I watched uh, – there was like a documentary on NFL films about him, and everybody was like, he would have been unbelievable if he didn't tear his knee. Yep. Yep. But such is life as a Bengals fan in the 90s. Can you imagine that now, running back going number one? I can never imagine that now. Like, I, I think mean, Saquon. Yeah, Saquon at two. But... I think Saquon's the closest you're going to get. Um, yeah. You know, I mean. I just don't see it. Yeah. You, you don't see it anymore. And I think you're going to see less and less of it just because running back is becoming so devalued in the draft. No, I agree. You know, that's the one pick I think that confuses me the most out of this draft is Jacksonville taking Travis Etienne in the first round. But also, you know, kills James Robinson's <laughs> fantasy outlook, but it's fine. Yeah, that's not good for you this year in the league, is it? No, it is not. Hey, I already I already know who I'm taking with my second pick. Jamar Chase, maybe. No, it's not Jamar Chase. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Trevor Lawrence. No, I don't need a QB. I got Herbert. Speaking of which, Chargers draft. A plus. Yeah, they did a really good job. They might have had the best draft. Josh Palmer, Mr. Rum from Duke, and then you got Asante Samuel Jr. and Slater. Slater. Yeah, that's a good draft. Really good draft. Um, so yeah, Reds update. Uh did you watch the game last night? We're recording uh, I, I sadly did. Uh so the pitcher had three times as many hits as the Reds did through about time, seven. It's the first time since a pitcher that a pitcher has outhit the opposition since Vita Blue did it for the Kansas City Royals in the 1970s. In, in 1812. <laughs> no, I Vita Blue's good, but I I mean it's right. I, I had I turned it off in like the six. Like I I, I couldn't do it. I, yeah, that was I, not good. I didn't watch a single out, to be honest with you. I mean, I they were swinging. They were swinging a wiffle ball bat. I was last gonna night. watch it. I was gonna watch it, um, but I think the White Sox put like five on the board in the second inning, and then I was just like, Yeah, hey, I'm gonna watch this. Well, Abreu hit a bomb to left center, and I was out. I was done. Yeah. So uh, they've got they finish up the series against the White Sox today, and then road trip to Cleveland this weekend. Um, but you know they're coming off two series wins. They beat the Dodgers and they beat the Cubs two out of three. So we'll kind of see what happens. Um, I'm indifferent. I'm not going to have any emotions until about July. I yeah. think I'm going to. I think I'm going to keep my emotions to a low before July. So as my grandfather is is noted for saying, uh, you don't look at the standings until July fourth. So I, I mean, I agree. I will stick with that advice uh, as far as the Reds go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's not much to get excited about. There's not much to get too angry about other than the Amir Garrett suspension. Um, but I'm not – we're not going to get into it. It's not worth it to get – it's just – it is what it is. Can I just say something? Seven games is hilarious. Um, first <laughs> of all, 
Amir Garrett does need to stop running his mouth so much because he's not good. Um, but seven games is a little excessive. Oh, it's, it, it's seven games is very excessive for not even throwing Touching. a punch. Didn't touch anybody. Also, can we also throw this out that uh, that's seven more games than any Astro got suspended? Yeah, the the fucking Astros got zero games total for cheating. For cheating for a World Series. Yeah, and Amir Garrett got seven games for getting excited about a strikeout. And Javi Baez didn't get any games. Didn't get anything. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Rob Manford, you suck at your job. Um, so yeah. I miss Bud Selig. I miss like turning. I miss turning the blind eye to every single problem that they will be had. Is is Bud Selig the one that died, or is that David Stern from the NBA? It was David Stern. That was David Stern. R.I.P. David. Stern. I miss David Stern too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that about does it for for episode six. Just chopping it up about the draft. Uh, we'll be back next week just to talk about the schedule, kind of what it entails, what games we like um what games we don't like uh you know it's the schedule we already know who they're gonna play now it's just a matter of seeing when they're gonna play them so hopefully chiefs week one so we can just get out of the way yeah um we'll see um you know we'll see um but yeah we'll be back at you next week with that um so you got any final words for the people mr granted no i don't really have anything i think it was a you know good draft and, and hopefully the reds start playing better so yeah. Will I see you this week? Yes, I think potentially you will. Yes, yes, we will. Um, all right. Well, I think that about does it. I got to go get a COVID test. I got to go spit. Yeah. Even though I'm vaccinated, I got to go spit. Oh, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Um, thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking politics uh, on this podcast. No, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, well, I I got nothing other to say other yeah. than who day, who day, and go Bengals. Who day? Who day?